The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome to episode 146 of the Data Reaper podcast. I'm Corbett and joining me today, at the low cost of just zero mana, it's Zacko Unleashed. How you doing, Zach? How you doing, Corb? Uh, yeah. Yogg is a good card. Uh, have you, you stolen any minions today, Zach? Or have you been in a hysterical mood? I mean, today I've just woken up, so I didn't have time to steal any minions. But uh, uh, actually, Corb, I might be playing WoW today. Like, uh, I've heard some people complain about WoW, about a certain deck. And that made me want to play it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, um, there's, uh, we've had a very, very big balance patch on Thursday with a lot of decks being hit. Uh, balance patch in Standard, Wild, and Twist. Uh, tons of card changes. We've also had buffs uh, in Standard. So that also became quite relevant with the plague package uh, being uh, rune reworked uh, to only require two unholy runes and there's been some flexibility there we'll talk about that uh, but the format is despite the big balance patch the format did miss on something uh, with through no fault of the developers team uh, whatsoever because this deck literally showed up on Tuesday, like two days before the patch. The patch was already locked in. Uh, there was no way to respond to it. Uh, but we'll talk We'll talk about it. There's, there's, there's stuff going on. Yeah, the, um, the, the patch is so big that we'll probably just tackle the relevant stuff as we go through, uh, because I don't know if the listeners want to li- listen to, like, 38 changes over the next three hours. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we need to read out the patch, but they basically nerfed every strong deck in a format right there was no deck that was uh, untouched right uh, miracle druid got gutted auctioneer is gone from core means the deck is no longer playable macro got nerfed control warrior got nerfed a hunter got nerfed naga mage got significantly nerfed uh, uh warlock got nerfed uh, pretty much everything there is to nerf got nerfed um and they made some buffs with the plague package so uh, a report is there's going to be a normal scheduled report on October 5th on Thursday. Uh, and I'm ready to give you insights on what's been going on so far. There are still there are still might be changes between the podcast and the report itself. In addition to that, I have not worked to refine decks just yet. I may have some insights on deck refinement. But none of what I say in the podcast is going to be final because tomorrow when I wake up uh, in 24 hours, I'm going to be doing that work. And I may find some, I don't know, maybe contradictory or some surprising developments that I'm not seeing so far. So keep that in mind. Uh, but obviously we'll start with Druid. So the story of Druid is that uh, at the start of the mini set, Miracle Druid rose. Uh, emerged and looked extremely powerful, extremely skill testing, and its win rate was spiking in an alarming fashion. 
Um, and that was the deck that was being played. And Team 5 decided to address that by targeting uh, Auctioneer specifically, and it made sense in that deck, Auctioneer was one of the best cards in the deck. It was uh, it enabled the uh, very negative play experience, play patterns of like drawing your whole deck on turn five, six, and playing Ignis with a Wind Fury weapon, OTKing the opponent on the same turn. Like it was entirely possible to do that, especially with Lashers uh, available too, which also got nerfed um, for similar, you know, mana cheating concerns. Uh, however, once uh, 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 you know, auctioneer nerf was implied. Uh, a few days later, around, again around Tuesday, two days before the patch, the changes were already locked in. Uh, a Tony Druid started to come up. No miracle, no auctioneer, no funnel cakes, none of that mana refreshing stuff. Did run Lasher. But the win condition was entirely different. This was in an entirely different deck um, with, you know, Anubricon, Tony Jailer coming back as a late game win condition and with Anubricon to some extent enabled by things like Solar Eclipse, uh, uh, Blossom, Frost Lotus Blossom, uh, which gives you a lot of armor, uh, cards like Harmonic Mood, uh, cards like chitinous plating allows you to play the anubricon and can you to the extent that you can still cheat out uh jailer and tony on the same turn like playing playing uh, uh, tony and, and jailer in the same turn is only important against decks that can remove immune boards where you need to play tony first and then jailer but Otherwise, the Anubicon is not that important. A more common play is to just play Eonar, refresh, play Jailer uh, on the same turn. Get an immune Eonar in play with the Jailer, and then the next turn you can play Tony. Uh, that's a more common play, but this is a very powerful late game win condition against slower decks, right? They don't have a good... If you don't have a, an answer to immune minions, then you just die to them. If you do, then play Tony first, swap decks, delete the opponent's deck. You clear the board. You put your the opponent is put in fatigue, right? If the opponent clears that board of immune minions, kills the Tony, then they enter fatigue because you deleted their deck. We we remember that combo, and this Tony Druid, this iteration of Tony Druid, even though it got nerfed through the Lasher uh, change, still looks extremely powerful on ladder right now there was one major there's one major development that's still occurring uh which is my fault on some part because even though we didn't have much to work with when it comes like it was very hard to refine tony druid when it emerged on tuesday and i needed to publish on list on thursday but the one thing that i did notice about the deck is that Embrace of Nature really wants to draw Nourish and doesn't want to draw Lifebinder's Gift because the most common list ran Embrace of Nature with Nourish and Lifebinder's Gift, sometimes one copy of Lifebinder's Gift. So my suggestion in the report is just don't run Lifebinder's Gift. Run double Embrace, double Nourish, so the Embrace always finds Nourish 
And the second nourish is not important. If the if the second embrace of nature does not draw nourish, can be a dead card later in the game. It doesn't matter because the important thing is to find the first nourish so you can ramp and draw three cards uh, early on, and that really accelerates your game plan. And this is turning out to be busted. This the fact build if you make a build of Tony Droid that runs double embrace, double nourish, no gift, the win rate significantly spikes because of the guaranteed nourish off of embrace. Um, in addition to that, a card like harmonic mood is starting to see play. People are cutting Lasher. Lasher is very common card still, but likely can be cut. Not that great right now after the nerf to three mana, uh, it, it, you know, it refreshes last. It's not that significant. It's basically just a free body that you can drop to the board, but it's not that impactful. And people are running like Planet Evidence. You can run Chitinous Plating. Um, there are all sorts of options. Uh, Harmonic Mood is really good enabler for Spread the Word. It's a really good enabler for uh, Rake. So basically you have the late game combo with Yogg-Saron, with the Tony Jailer, Eonar, Anubrakan stuff. And then early game, you've got a lot of spells that enable Rake, enable Spread the Word, and you also run Prison Breaker. That's another card that seems to be popping up more and more and looks very good in terms of helping the Druid further stabilize because you've got Yogg, which is a fantastic stabilization tool, but uh, Prison Breaker is also really good at you know dealing with the earlier kind of boards. Uh, if, if somebody you know floods the board and tries to pressure swarm the droid, a very common uh, way to try to exploit the droid, then Prison Breaker really helps with that. So Tony Druid looks like a near tier S deck in terms of power level. Um, when I say near tier S is because I look at its matchup spread, and it's really hard to counter. Uh, even the decks that you know are supposed to counter Tony Druid, I'm not sure they actually do. Like if you play a refined uh, uh, Druid build, if you play, um, you know, not the the Beatty stuff, you don't play Lifebinder's Gift, you don't play um, a nerfed uh, Lasher. And you just played the perfect 30 Tony list, which I'm pretty convinced about 28 cards out of 30. I know what I'm going to feature probably on Thursday. I'm not sure it actually loses to something. Maybe it's slightly unfavored, slightly, very slightly to, uh, uh, you know, fully tacked aggro decks. Like, I don't know, maybe Mechrog with Double Stomper, Okani, Pazic kind of thing or you run pure paladin full dude package and just swarm them or maybe you run enrage warrior fully teched enrage warrior with all sorts of things i'll talk about later maybe those decks or plague death knight ultra teched plague death knight that runs unique a unique package that helps that matchup you need to be very conscious of Tony Druid in hard tech, and then maybe you have an edge against Tony Druid. So there's still possibly a period of adjustment where the mana can really hard tech for this deck. 
and potentially beat it with any consistency because otherwise this deck is running away with the format like completely uh tony druid is just completely busted extremely oppressive and slow matchups you know things like control warrior tony droid's win rate is approaching 70 maybe even more percent win rate against control warrior i actually i've played some tony droid i actually lost a game against control warrior yesterday they ran double brawl and deathwing inside an etc in order to deal like have three answers to immunity and i wasn't prepared for that because most people are still running, you know, the, the same list of control here. So maybe if you want any chance in that matchup, you need to run double brawl Deathwing, right? That kind of stuff uh, uh, in order to uh, help. So this is the kind of adjustment that the meta needs to do to tame this beast. Um, and again, the fact that this was missed in the balance changes is because this deck literally showed up a few days after the patch was already locked in. And, you know, the only reasonable way to nerf that deck, you know, in hindsight, is to decide three days after the mini set comes out that we need to nerf Yogg, right? You're not going to nerf Yogg three days in when it's he's playing a lot of decks and, you know, it's the cornerstone counter of the mini set. You're not going to come to that decision. We nerfing Yogg right now. Uh, and other cards in that deck to nerf potentially in hindsight were also pretty tricky. Uh, for example, Embrace the Nature is clearly the best card for this deck in the early game because if you don't run Lifebinder's Gift and you just forge Embrace, play it, draw a cracked combined nourish, that accelerates your early game significantly. But if you nerf Embrace, you also hit Drum Druid right you also had maybe potential future archetypes that use choose one cards you hit those too so um if you look at the nerf like for example what they uh when they nerf control warrior they decided to nerf sanitize even though sanitize is not the best card in the deck it's not even the third best card in the deck but they opted not to uh, nerf trial by fire which was more powerful than sanitize in terms of metrics and they opted not to nerf uh, the riff package they didn't nerf uh, uh verse riff which was one of the best cards in in control warrior because verse riff is a card that is played in enrage warrior and they probably didn't want to hit that deck so when it comes to uh, uh you know nerfing druid in a way that is targeted and doesn't just kill decks that that aren't necessarily problems right other druid decks are unnecessary problem it was very tricky it was pretty impossible to get it right in that context so it's kind of a spell demon demon hunter situation right where the deck pops up late and you have you have no way to account for it and this is what it's doing i am hoping that with you know aggressive techs right um uh, then you can kind of control tony druid to some point until the next balance change changes but you know i'll be lying if i said that the meta for example especially high mmrs is extremely narrow like it's a very much a tony druid domination and if you want you either play tony druid or you play a deck that's hard teched to beat tony druid and this is where we're kind of uh, uh reaching 
uh, that point. And again, Tony Druid, I- I'm I'm looking at his matchup spread. It looks extremely scary, and it's not done, right? It's the refinement is not done. Uh, uh, more than half of Tony Druids on ladder, significantly more than half, still run Lifebinder's Gift. And let me tell you, Lifebinder's Gift is like a major tax on the deck. It's 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 just so bad. You're basically it's worse than running Wisp, right? I would rather run Wisp in this deck than Gift because Gift ruins Embrace Nourish. So that it's so it's so clearly a mistake and it hurts the deck so significantly. And yet the aggregated stats still tell me that Tony Druid is kind of busted. So that's kind of the message. This deck is dangerous. Yeah, I was flipping through the list as you were talking and looking through the uh, like HS replay Tony Druids, and you know while the most popular list is doing that, uh, drop the uh, you know drop the gift and just run the nourish. Um, you know the majority of lists are playing gift, uh, and even that list, that most popular one, isn't playing tightness plating. So I am interested to see where you. Uh, in the blanding when we get the report, uh, but it does seem like the players at Top Legend are, are much more advanced along the way, um, and Tony Druid appears to be completely oppressive and absurd at Top 1000. Uh, you know, I've seen some very funny screenshots showing just how many Druids some players are playing. Uh, this mirrors galore at those ranks, and it's very understandable why those players are quite tilted at the, the current format, very frustrated, and we'll see how that trickles down to the rest of the ladder uh, shortly. Um, when they were doing the Miracle Druid nerfs, uh, I was a little bit concerned because I think that something that popped up a lot during Stormwind uh, was mass mana cheating versus card draw versus win conditions and sort of understanding where the problems lie and where you nerf things. And so I, I was actually a little bit concerned about Druid thinking that, okay, if you nerf Auctioneer, is there still going to be a problem with all this mana cheating? Is there still going to be, like, a different kind of solution or win condition that pops up? And the answer is no, because, like, the, the actual answer is, like, drop all the mana cheating. The mana cheating isn't necessarily the, the important part, but Druid somehow still had this incredibly powerful shell where it isn't relying on Lasher, it isn't relying on Lifebinder's Gift like I was potentially worried about, but it still had this super powerful late game win condition, this embrace, nourish, combo, very efficient armor gain and removal, and just the absolute best late game that we could have possibly asked for. And again, a lot of this, most of this, is probably at the hands of Yogg-Saron, the old god. It's just Yogg. It's just Yogg. It's just Yogg. Look, look, uh, I remember the discourse in the first early days of the patch. And people said, nerf Lifebinder's Gift because of mana cheating. And nerf Lasher because of mana cheating. And the evildoer is the mana cheating. Uh, no, it, it, it wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't the, the, the problem. Um, the problem is Yogg. Like, as much as I left it, like this card, look at that. Okay, I am confident about 28 cards. The only card that I'm not sure about is whether we run... Kindness plating, or we run plan evidence. Like the rest of the list, I'm pretty confident about. I, I think people, like, once they listen to me, I can't post a code through the podcast. You can go to the Discord, I'll post it. No problem. But I am confident about 28 cards. Now, you look at that list, 
you look at that list, count the number of cards from the mini set. It's just Prison Breaker and Ryog. And let me tell you, Prison Breaker is a good card in the deck, but it's not too important. You can, like, this deck would still be powerful even if it didn't have Prison Breaker. So basically, this deck is a pre-mini set deck. It's a deck that runs cards from the expansion launch, from Titan's launch, but adds Yogg. Yogg is the, the Joker. Yogg is the X Factor. Yogg allows this deck to thrive. You take out Yogg, this deck, I'm not sure it's even viable. Because what happens here is that this deck always falls behind on board. Like, even now, even when it ramps, even when it has some removal through Rake and stuff like that, if it's pressured by an aggressive deck, or even not an aggressive deck, but like a slightly snowbally deck, let's say like Miracle Rogue, you know, uh, get some concoctions, uh, you know, summon some minions, some three drops, uh, plays this, uh, an early Sinstone Graveyard, it still pressures. But what happens is that the Druid ramps, the Druid plays a flurry of spells, eventually discount Yogg, and Yogg is the great equalizer. Yogg makes all of that board disadvantage dissipate. And this is why Druid, even though technically it gets swarmed and it loses the board in the early game and it absolutely is slow to get back, once it plays Yogg, it nullifies that advantage and allows the Druid to stabilize. If you don't have Yogg in this deck, you just die. You die. You can play the Jailer, you can ramp to 10 mana and play Eonar Jailer, but you die the next turn, right? But the fact that you can Yogg, soak all that pressure, and then play a Jailer uncontested, sometimes on the same turn, you play Jailer, Yogg, same turn. That's what allows this deck to be viable. So when you look at, so it really comes down to just Yogg. So in hindsight, this is why I'm saying, it's not the Lasher, it's not the Gift, it's not the mana cheating. It's just the one cornerstone card of the archetype, the, of the mini set, that's caused this deck to be viable to broken levels, makes it very, makes me very annoyed, personally. I am annoyed to hear players blame Team 5 for not having that hindsight. Because other than nerfing Yogg, like if you look at the impact of the mini set cards, other than nerfing Yogg, nothing was right here, right? Nothing was really right with here. You could have done an embrace nerf, but I don't remember anybody telling us to nerf embrace of nature two days into the mini set nobody was saying that really um and also again like think about the implication of nerfing embrace it hurts drum dread to it it just you couldn't really do anything other than nerfing yog uh uh concerning mini set impact so so the deck just doesn't work without yog but it becomes broken with yog so what is the answer you nerf yog it's also tricky I do want to ask the question, at least. Uh, it's Yogg, obviously, but what do you think about Tony and whether he's also a, a problem here? Yeah, so basically, the way I see it, if I dissect this deck, there are, there's an early game outlier that is Embrace of Nature. 
It's a card that's extremely powerful if it's in your opening hand. And if you forge and get the early nourish, it really accelerates the deck. I see some merit to doing something about Embrace of Nature, absolutely. Though, again, this card is very foundational to Druid, uh, other Druid strategies, and maybe future Druid strategies. So it's like kind of like a Rift package for Warrior, where you're asking, do we just nerf the Rift package and affect future Warrior decks from this point on? Or do we leave it alone? That's a consideration for Embrace. Then there's the late game outlier. Uh, outliers in plural. Because Yogg is one. The other outliers are Jailer and Tony. Uh, and Jailer and Tony are outliers in terms of power. They are extremely powerful cards in this deck. And they enable the late game dominance against slower decks. Because... Tony Druid, again, the faster decks can give it a fight, but the slower decks really struggle. Uh, unless you have mega disruption, you really struggle as a slower deck to deal with this because to like Tony gives you a checkmate against these decks because if you have mass removal through immunity, you just play Tony first, switch decks, play Jailer, delete their deck. If they remove the immune boards, they enter fatigue. You delete their deck, right? And not a lot of decks can deal with Jailer board, so you can just accelerate into Jailer. So these two cards kind of put the opponent... They are not just statistical outliers in terms of power. They are play experience outliers. They are very unfun to play against. And, you know, I've been playing Tony Druid. And, I've you know, it's this deck... You know, I, I, I rarely play a deck and feel sorry for my opponent so often. You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm feeling sorry for them because it's it doesn't feel, it feels like I'm cheating them. You know, the the, the Tony Jailer combo feels like cheating. When you delete your opponent's deck and checkmate like that, it doesn't feel right. Uh, and I will say that Jailer and Tony, Tony been banned in wild. Mm -hmm. like it, it's banned in wild and in standard, it's, it's legal, which is funny, right? Um, but it, it shows you that this card is a problem. Personally, I think that Tony was a mistake. This card should have never been printed. Should have never been printed. Especially when Jailer was in the format too. Like, we 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 printed Tony when we knew that Jailer was in the format. Um, and Jailer is also a card that I'm not a huge fan of. Because it's very polarizing. Like, you either able to deal with immune boards, or you don't, and you just lose the game, right? It's It's just very extreme in what it uh, asks of the opponent, right? Uh, and I'm seeing, you know, Meaty just posted the priest list, control priest list, double Shadow Ward Ruin, a way to deal with immune boards. Like, you either have this, like, Death Knight, Blood Control, Death Knight has it, but Blood Control sucks. Priest can do it, Warrior can run Brawls again. And Deathwing. Yeah, and yeah. some classes can do that, in some classes, just have no answers, have no ability to deal with it. So I'm not a fan of that. Um, um, and you can definitely do something about Jailer Tony. You can break up this pairing uh, and remove that win condition. Now, the thing is, it's it's quite complicated, but because I, I was going to talk about Yogg. If you nerf Yogg by a mana or two, it doesn't really, it's not enough, right? If, if you want to balance this deck by nerfing Yogg, you need to nuke Yogg. But then the problem is you're nuking Yogg. 
This is the Cornerstone Comfort, the mini set, a card that a lot of people find fun. I do think this card is fun. It's just overtuned. But if you hard nerf it and you push it completely out of the format, then that's also kind of a problem, right? You're just, okay, so you're deleting Yogg and, and all these spell decks that aren't oppressive, like let's say Miracle Rogue that has fun with Yogg in standard core, not in wild. I'm talking about in standard, it's okay. And that deck is okay in standard. Um, you know, they 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 stop. They're they're not able to play Yogg anymore because you butchered it. Uh, so what you could do is maybe you soft nerf Yogg, but you need to do something else, like maybe break the Jailer Tony pairing, or maybe uh, nerf Embrace of Nature on top of that, and and hope that's enough. Um, obviously, if you just nerf Jailer or Tony, if you just break this pairing, but you do nothing else there's a significant likelihood that Druid just finds something else, right? Because it's still got the ram, it's still got the comeback potential of Yogg. It's going to do something else. It's going to find figure out something else if you just break the pairing. So you probably need to do multiple things here to, to deal with this deck because this deck is really, really busted. So you need to hit it in multiple ways in order to make sure you're hitting the right mark in terms of uh, um, uh, power and also play experience. But listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying this is what they need to do. It's quite complicated. This deck didn't exist when they made the decisions for the balance patch. There was It was impossible to get that right. This is what I want to uh, emphasize and, and, and say, that this issue stems to me more about balance patch timing right and decision timing rather than team five saw looked at the meta and didn't correctly uh, uh nerf the things that they should have done uh it, it wasn't like that so uh it's unfortunate again but it's part of the game uh um where you know discoveries are made sometimes late and uh you have and your balance windows are not fluid. They're not dynamic. There are certain timings where you can make decisions, but you cannot uh, uh, just order a, a balance patch like you order Domino's pizza. Like you can't, like Team 5 cannot just sit one day and see, oh, this deck is broken now and we need a balance patch. So we're ordering a balance patch for next week. It doesn't work like that. They have constraints. I don't know. I'd like a, I'd like a swap to the Tony King of Pepperoni. I feel like that'd be all right. Yeah, uh, uh, for sure. But uh, but yeah, like uh, this deck is a problem. Again, early game out, like TLDR, early game outlier, Embrace of Nature, late game outlier, Yogg, play experience problems and power problems, Tony Jailer as a pairing, uh, doesn't feel good to play against and is potentially a... a something that you have to address in some capacity. So these are the issues. Hopefully, again, hopefully uh, until the next balance patch, the meta can tack aggressively against this deck to put it at a more reasonable placement. Um, but I'm not sure whether it's capable of doing that. We'll see. Yeah, I, uh, I have a new suggestion because we have the VS power score, the VS frequency score, the meta score. I think we need a VS pod score because I don't think we've ever had a 30 minute cold open on one deck. And I think that Tony Druid is truly tier zero 
and this just shows that. Yeah, this uh, yeah, this deck is again, this deck is busted. Like this deck is scaring me as much as Rogue scared me in Alterac. You remember Poison and Thief Rogue in Alterac Valley decks that had insane matchup spreads. Uh, Tony Druid is giving me that vibe. Yeah, and Rogue had a huge podcast score, absolutely massive, I think. Yeah, big podcast score. So uh, that's that's the situation. Other Druid decks, I will say, Drum Druid looks good. Drum Druid looks quite strong. At some rank brackets currently, Drum Druid is even better than Tony Druid, but it's because of meta-related reasons. Refinement reasons or just meta? Uh, me- meta reasons. Uh, it's 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 more under the radar, and uh, it should. It's a deck that's like if if Drum Druid was the popular deck, right? Then you would be able to target it because what you need to do against Drum Druid is just pack removal. Like if you pack removal, you beat this deck. This deck doesn't have late game inevitability like Tony Druid, where they jailer uh, when they Tony jailer you and you have no your checkmated, right? This deck doesn't checkmate you in the late game. So Drum Druid, even though its performance level is pretty high, and Yag is a good card in that deck too. Uh, it, it, it's not as big of a balance concern because its matchup spread uh, has holes in it. It's just doing well because most people are trying to counter Tony Druid, and this deck plays a bit differently. Some of the things that counter it, like Stomper, hit both Druid decks. Obviously, it affects both Druid decks, but some of the things no don't. Um, so so yeah, like things like Plagues, like Plagues. Drum Druid doesn't care about Plagues because. Drum Druid doesn't draw its whole deck. Drum Druid just plays Embrace of Nature to find one drum circle, and that could just kill the opponent, uh, like a Plague Death Knight that gets drum circled cultivation. Like, good luck dealing with that, right? Like, they, they can't deal with that. So, that that's there's some differences, obviously, in the matchup spread, uh, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, Moonbeam Druid, I don't really see much of it, so I can't comment. Again, it's kind of early data, um... But uh, it, obviously, it's it's not as good as Tony Druid. <laughs> like, I don't need to tell you that. Um, yeah, so so Druid is really nuts. Uh, but there's another class that's, uh, that's been gaining quite a bit of traction uh, after the patch, and that's because of buffs, which is uh, Death Knight. Uh, so the play cards, uh, the Tomb Trader and Down with the Ship, uh, they basically removed the Frost requirement. Uh, the frost room requirement of them so the plague in order to play plague death knight right now and run all the plague cards you just need two unholy runes so you can go triple unholy and play marogar grave strength you can tap into blood those are the main things that i'm seeing uh from plague death knight plague death knight is a very popular deck and Plague Death Knight currently, statistically, in terms of aggregate win rate, looks favored against Tony Druid. But, but I am doubting that. Yeah. I don't think it's favored. Like, I don't think that Plague Death Knight in general is favored against a refined Tony Druid. For Plague Death Knight to beat Tony Druid, it, it needs to do something very specific. I think after Tony Druid is refined, because otherwise you don't win that matchup. Uh, so let's look at the options that Plague Death Knight has. One option is to go triple unholy, uh, and with Grave Strength. And 
on paper, you would think that this is a good way to counter Tony Druid because um, you swarm the board and you also have play cards. So that should work, right? Well, not exactly because the play cards are not very good aggressive cards. They're not very good cards when it comes to taking the board. Chain Guardian is nice, yes, but it comes in later. later. But when you look at, when you compare Plague Death Knight that runs triple unholy to just an unholy Death Knight, you know, the classic, you know, Merlocula list that we keep featuring in the report every week and hasn't changed for like three months. Uh, unholy Aggro without Plagues looks superior to plague to unholy with plagues because uh, uh that build of the the classic unholy aggro build has cards that better synergize with grave strength like grave strength and the plague package do not make a good fit now plague death knight with unholy with triple unholy is performing fine it's 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 not a bad deck and it's not like it's worse than one blood, but it feels to me like it's contradictory to what a Triple Unholy wants to do. Like, if you run Grave Strength, you need to fully focus on the board. And running cards like Down with the Ship and running cards like Staff of the Primus, which is a one mana, one three weapon, doesn't really make much sense with that. So. What I'm seeing is that Unholy, Triple Unholy, without Plex is better than Triple Unholy with Plex. So what's the point of running the Plex here? Okay? And also, you make the Druid matchup worse by doing that. Like, if you go Triple Unholy and you run Plex, and you cut the Plex, and you go full Unholy, you do better against Druid. So the Plex are worse cards against Druid, even though Druid, on paper draws its whole deck right so it should it should uh uh like the plague package should be better against it i'm not really seeing that so i'm not i'm questioning whether triple unholy with plagues makes sense the other thing that you can do is you go blood um why do you go blood because blood has some cards specifically one card that's quite interesting against Druid, which is patchwork and Patchwork, since Druid doesn't run a lot of minions, Patchwork is very likely to hit key minions. Like, if you kill the Jailer with Patchwork, you take away your opponent's Jailer, or you take away their Tony, or you take away their Arnubricon, execution of their, the, the Druid combo can become impossible or much more difficult. So Patchwork is a really, really good card against Druid. And there are other cards. Um, so if you run... One blood with patchwork. You also run munch, uh, no muncher, which is also a good card against druid. Because uh, if you have an o empty board and you play no muncher, the druids can can be, can be kind of under pressure. And you run speaker stomper on top of that, uh, and you run aggressive things like Enoxis cadaver. Is just more damage, right? It's more damage to pressure the life total, so that the the plague package. So the damage from the plague package is actually important, right? Because Druid can stack Armageddon. You can garden Chitinus Platen in harmonic mood, and you know you you Solar Eclipse uh, uh, Blossom, right? Frostalus Blossom, and gain like twenty armor. The the damage from the plagues 
can be very trivial for the druid to deal with if that's all the damage you can deal, right? So if you have some pressure cards alongside the plague package and you also have strong disruption, I'm seeing more promising results in that specific matchup. But there's another problem, Corp, is that if you run <laughs> double unholy one blood plague death knight, uh, you're not very good in other matchups. You're okay, you're doing you're doing good against Druid. You're doing relatively good against Druid. But you know, there are other decks in the format. And Plague isn't too hot against that. And Plague in Death Knight in general is not very good in, you know, other matchups. So uh it's it causes its like its win rate is still like tier three territory. Uh as the as an archetype, the Plague Death Knight deck doesn't seem to be particularly powerful. You do find against Control Warrior, and again, Tony Druid, I see potential uh, to even beat a refined Tony Druid if you just, if you run maybe one blood, patchwork, double stomper, this is what you need to do, right? To beat Druid. But if you do that, you're not good against other things. Uh, so, so I'm still questioning whether that's even a good idea, right? Um, uh, but But yeah, this is what people are doing. And in the report, I'll probably feature two lists of Plague Death Knight. One that is triple unholy, and I'll talk about what it's strong against. And one which is one blood, two unholy, and I'll talk about what that's good against. Uh, but Plague Death Knight, again, as a deck that you just run in order to climb ladder, it's not the best deck. It's not the third best deck. It's not the fifth best deck. It might not even be the tenth best deck. Uh, it's a deck that's like tier three range. Uh, both of these variants look tier three-ish, uh, and we'll see. Maybe there's some refinement that will help them, but I'm not seeing a hugely, like, it's, like, people are excited to play Plague Death Knight as a very popular deck, but it doesn't, it's not close to being the best. Yeah, I got nervous then when you said at the very start that in the aggregated stats, it, it probably doesn't really beat a defined, uh, refined Tony Druid, and then knowing that it's Plague Death Knight, it doesn't beat other stuff. Um, it's kind of not a great position for the deck to be in. Um, but it also just speaks volumes to how absolutely broken Tony Druid is, right? Like, when this this is sort of, like, the, the thing that a lot of people are gravitating towards as a counter. And it might not really counter it that well. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not sure what's going to happen mm -hmm. after Tony Druid is refined. Yeah. And Plague Death Knight with one blood rune and patchwork and double stomper is refined what's that matchup looking like maybe the, pa the like it might be that the 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 death knight is actually favored but if it is favored it might be like slightly favored um it, it's not a counter it, uh, it doesn't strike me as something that's going to be a counter but again it, it i'm not sure i need to see data after refinement in order to be um, confident about the assessment. But right now, there's definitely merit to question whether Plague Deck is, Death Knight is actually favored against Tony Druid. Because a lot of, there's a lot, I'm seeing a lot of uh, streamers and content creators post um, contradicting statements about that matchup. So uh, my statement is to uh, sit on the on the fence on it and say I need more data in order to to know for sure because right now it doesn't seem to be that uh, that plague is is notably favored uh, so we'll see uh, 
personally, uh, I've been playing Tony Druid. I've been bidding, bidding every plague that night. Uh, I've been doing really well in the matchup. But maybe the one blood patchwork is annoying. I did lose that one game because of patchwork. So, so yeah, we'll see. Other other death knight deck again. Unholy sees little play, but looks quite good in terms of swarming the druid. That could be a way to maybe be very slightly favored again. Like there are a lot of aggressive decks that you would on paper think that they counter Tony Druid, but Yog just changes things. Like Yog changes so much about Dr Tony Druid's standing against aggressive decks, and blood control doesn't mm. suck. Next class it sucks, right? Let me let let me make sure. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sucky. It looks kind of bad. Um, I actually forgot this deck exists for a second. Yeah, blood control not great. Not looking great. Not surprising. It's a slow deck. It does have patchwork, but it has no pressure on the druid. Uh, so, it, the, I mean, it's not the matchup isn't bad. Isn't like like you're not super unfavored, but. You don't beat Tony Druid. Okay. That is it for Death Knight. I believe I don't see much of Frost. And we move to Warrior. And Warrior got nerfed. Control Warrior got nerfed. Sanitize went to 5 mana. Uh, uh, Craftsman's Hammer lost 1 armor per swing. And now gains 3 armor per swing. That affects the stabilization of the card and also the late game damage that the card can deal post Odin. But rather than nerfs, the big problem of Control Warrior right now is the presence of Tony Druid. Refined Tony Druid versus refined Control Warrior with a pre-balance changes build. Like if you play the same build that we posted on the report, on the last report. You play that against a refined Tony Druid, you're going to die. Like, you're not winning that that matchup. Um, Warrior looks terrible against Tony Druid. Like, some st like, currently, what I see from stats at high MMR is that the matchup is trending towards 80-20. Oof. However, it's trending to 80-20. However, uh, there might be a shift Right? And what is the shift is that that gives uh, Warrior a better chance to fight in that matchup is to go back to brawls. I mean, okay, it's not exactly go back to brawls. You still run Sanitize, but you also run Brawl on top of it. You run Brawls in order to be able to deal with minion immunity. Again, a Deathwing inside an ETC is something that I'm starting to see. Uh, people do in order to deal with immune immunity and there's another card that warrior decks are starting to run which is really really funny and the the, the reason they do it is because of druid and that is call to the stand they're running call to the stand as a spell based dirty wrath that doesn't interfere with chorus riff they're running Call to the Stand in the hopes of pulling either a Tony or a Jailer and break up that pairing, that combo pairing. Because if the Druid cannot execute Tony Jailer, um, you cannot beat the Warrior. Like, that is what beats the Warrior. Uh, otherwise, you need to play Ignis, get a 10-mana weapon, and whack the Warrior through their armor gain in order to win. So if you are able to disrupt the Warrior, uh, the Druid, 
then the warrior has a much better chance. Now, is Call to the Stand a good card? I am not convinced about it. However, if you fully tech your warrior to deal with Druid, that matchup gets a lot better. So I'll look into it, and I'll look into uh, when I wake up tomorrow to do the refinement work, I'll see if there's actually an optimal, like, if there's a way to answer Druids without butchering the deck's matchup against other decks, right? Because that's a, the problem. You run double sanitize, double brawl. You run call to the stand. Is that good against, like, does that hurt you in other matchups? I'm not sure. I'll look into it. I wish I could be a fly on the wall, Zach, when you stumble across the quad dirty rat deck. You know, double call, double rat, just to see your face. I'm not convinced about Wrath in this deck. I do like Call to the Stand more than Wrath. I'm not saying do it. All I'm saying no. is there are psychopaths out there who absolutely will do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that... Yeah, there are some people running Wrath. The, the, the problem with Wrath is it interferes with Chorus Riff. Call to the Stand doesn't interfere with Chorus Riff. And it's one less mana, and you can combo it with, like... Um, you can play Call to the Stand with... Uh, uh, it's much better with Bladestorm. Because mm -hmm. if you play Wrath and you summon Jailer, you cannot Bladestorm the Tenten, right? Yeah. But if you play Call to the Stand, then you can Bladestorm. So there's more synergy with Call to the Stand compared to Wrath. And I can't believe I'm having this conversation of why Call to the Stand might be better <laughs> than Wrath in a deck. But this is what's happening. This is the situation. Uh, and yeah, we'll see. I'll look into it. Uh, it, it I, I see potential in Warrior not hard losing that matchup and doing much better if you change the build because the current build uh which we posted on thursday just does not work in that matchup at all from the daps that stuff is pointless against the druid okay so control warrior in terms of performance right now control is doing very poorly especially higher high mmrs because if tony druid beats you 75 percent of the time you're not a good deck in the format you can't be good so other than it's not really the nerfs that are killing Control Warrior. Like I, if I look at Control Warrior's matchup spread against other decks, I do see the nerfs having an impact. The nerfs did balance this deck pretty well overall. However, this Tony Druid matchup just makes it just unplayable. It just changes. Uh, like it, it, it hurt this deck a lot more than the, the nerfs did. So that's the situation. But Control Warrior is not the only deck in its class. There's also Enrage Warrior. So Enraged Warrior is gaining traction uh, because the new iteration without the Rift package is doing a lot of work. It's, it's performing at an extremely powerful level. Enraged Warrior looks really good. Again, it doesn't beat Tony Druid with its current build. Uh, it does not. The Tony Druid is actually favored, which is which is crazy. However, there are two cards in the deck that are not good against Tony Druid, and people are cutting them. One is Grom, the other is Remornia. These are cards that, in the Tony Druid matchup, they are too slow because they come online too late. And I'm starting to see people run Pazic. Again, uh, increase the focus on early game snowballing. I believe there is a build from Funky Monkey. And I recognize this build because he runs two instrument techs. 
Uh, and the thinking about running two instrument tags is to find imbued axe as soon as possible so you can snowball the board on Druid. However, I am not convinced about instrument tech. I think what this deck wants to do, instrument tech is just a slow card. If you play instrument tech on two, even if you have an imbued axe on three, you don't really have a board to buff, right? Because you just played a one-two. So it's not like... It's not like you play Foul Egg into location and play like a maybe an animated extractor and damage it. And then turn three, you play Imbued Axe and you're snowballing. You just play the two mana one, two. I think that what you do is you take the Enrage Warrior list from the report, from our report, remove Remornia, remove Grom, add Posic, and add Okani. That's my suggestion to you guys. Why do we run Okani? Okani is a good card against Druid. Uh, there are some situations where you play Okani on four, you choose spell when you know they have Nourish in hand. Like, they played Embrace, you know they drew their Nourish. You know they're about to play their Cracked Combined Nourish on turn five. You play Okani, do the spell. If they don't have an Innervate to cancel the Okani, or they don't have an uh, Aquatic form, they get screwed. Their Nourish is delayed. That is a game-winning play. In some occasions. In other occasions, you play Okani, choose Minion, and you deny their ability to play a Nubrokan. You deny their ability to maybe ramp it into an Eonar. Okani is a good card against Druid, which is why I'm suggesting this. Again, I don't have a lot of data on Okani and Enrage Warrior, but I'm basing this on the performance of Okani in other decks, right? So this is my tip to you. If you want to improve your... Tony Druid matchup as an Enrage Warrior. An Enrage Warrior against other decks looks really, really strong. Um, it, it, it performs extremely well against pretty much every meta deck other than Tony Druid and maybe Control Priest. Uh, it stomps on Hunters. It does well against Plague Death Knights. It does well against Control Warrior, which I found surprising because that matchup seemed unfavored before the balance patch. And it seems like it may have flipped because of the sanitize nerf. Um, and yeah, uh, and Rage Warrior is really good. It's performing at a very, very high level. This is a tier one deck currently. Um, not as tier one as Tony Druid, maybe. But <laughs> it, it, looks, it looks very much tier one. So Enrage is looking good and it's gaining traction. Play rate at high MMR. Corb is approaching eclipsing three percent play rate oh that's what oh, i was gonna guess i was gonna say that about three percent a huge <laughs> you're number. gonna say that as a joke yeah a huge number three percent but that's still something and when people figure out that this deck is actually really good then i think it'll get more traction mm. because it's always like low sample tier one low sample tier two so it's in the report low sample if there is a sample and we show the win rates and maybe people, more people will pick it up. I do worry a little bit for Enrage because if it doesn't beat Tony Druid, then maybe that's hard to like get people to really, really jump on board. No, but if you go 50-50, let's say you improve. You play Okani, you play Pazic. Um, Maybe you play Speaker Stompers as well. If you can go 50-50 against Tony Druid, I do see promise, I will say, I do see promise in a Pazic Okani version Maybe being favored against Druid. Oh, not favored. Maybe go with even against Druid. If you go even against Druid as an Rage Warrior, I think you're fine. Because that because you beat a lot of other stuff. 
and the math is going to check out. I mean, the math is checking out right now, and Rage Warrior is performing really well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily worried about its performance as much as, you know, people getting excited to play it. it that, that's the bigger thing I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I get you. I get you. But again, I think that with adjustment, Enrage can go at least 50-50 with Tony Druid. And then if it get, go 50-50 against Tony Druid, it's doing really well. Like, and you don't feel bad about queuing into Tony Druid. That's going to help a lot. So so that's uh, that's the Enrage Warrior situation. And the deck looks very strong, significantly stronger than Katoria right now because it has bigger hopes against Tony. Though, as I said before, Control Warrior can definitely do some things that really help the Tony Droid matchup uh, and perform much better there. Okay, another Control deck, uh, which is Control Priest, is also uh, popping up. And Control Priest is not too bad against Tony Droid. That matchup is very close. And... As I've suggested before, I saw Meaty posting a list with double Shadow Ward Ruin. I was waiting for that. Honestly, I was waiting for people to start running more Shadow Ward Ruin in order to deal with the Jailer boards. Um, yeah, to- uh, Priest, the thing is about Priest, it has Shadow Ward Ruin and also uh, Willpool, which can deal with Jailer boards. On top of that, it has Rats and naturally runs Rats in the deck. So there's some disruption and removal combination that makes the Tony Druid matchup not terrible, right? Even though it's a slower deck, it's got some tools to deal with Tony Druid. Now, again, post-refinement Tony Druid versus post-refinement Control Priest, very hard to predict how that matchup is going to pan out. Uh, I'll have to wait and collect data on it. But Control Priest is one of the decks that I see being able to contest uh, Tony Druid well enough to be viable. Uh, I see tier two potential in, to- in control preset high MMRs because of that. It's still bad against things like Mage, Hunter, right? Uh, it's not going to be good in those matchups, but uh, um, if it can go 50-50, let's say, against Tony Druid, and it does other good stuff like beat some aggro decks pretty well, uh, do well against uh, Warrior, uh, do well against Miracle Rogue, other stuff like that where its removal really shines, Then, and it does okay against Warrior, that matchup has improved. Um, and maybe if Control Warrior goes hard into countering Tony Druid, that helps it too, that helps Control Priest too. If you run double Sanitize, double Brawl against a Control Priest, that doesn't strike me as something that is helpful in that matchup. So... So yeah, so Control Priest uh, is doing fine. It, it's, it looks better. It looks significantly better than it was before the balance changes because a lot of the things I lost to got nerfed. So if people hate this meta enough, um, um, let me tell you, Control Priest <laughs> might uh, make, it, make you hate it more. I don't know. Uh, there's also some Fizzle, you know, infinite. there's an infinite Fizzle deck with Yogg, uh, a 30-card variant of like a Control Priest deck with just rats and handmaidens and very few minions in order to curate your creation protocol, that direction looks very, very weak, and I don't think that's a deck. Uh, Undead Priest. Undead Priest got better. Uh, there are two reasons why it got better. One is there's a decline in Control Warrior. Uh, and Undead Priest is pretty much, uh, its success is tied to 
how much control warriors are in the format and there are less of them so that's good news undead priest is also very good against plague death knight and undead priest again is an aggressive deck that snowballs so it has potential to do okay against tony druid though my current indication is that Undead Priest definitely does not beat Tony Druid, especially at high MMRs. <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here, Zach. Every time we talk about aggro decks that should beat a Tony Druid, I feel like that doesn't beat the Tony Druid. No, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I talked about it. If you take out Yogg, I think all of these aggressive matchups become like 70-30 to the aggro deck. And Yogg just makes it 50-50. Uh, or even better than 50-50. It's just, it's so much. I will say Prison Breaker is another card that helps that matchup for the Druid, but it just, like, you're seeing so many decks that should be hard-stomping Druid, but they don't. And you ask why, and the answer is Yogg. Because there's no other card in the mini set past Prison Breaker that really, you know, helps these matchups that much. And, you know, Prison Breaker sometimes is not even... Like, sometimes they undyne allies and they make a really sticky board and Prison Baker itself is not... It's just a yog. It's just so insane against these decks. Um, but it's still good news for Undead Priest because it's doing better compared to before the patch. And it's also gained traction and seen quite more play. Uh, even at high MMR brackets, you see more Undead Priest, which I find interesting. Like, I'm getting the sense that people are so desperate to play to, uh, to counter Tony Druid that anyone who tweets out in a list and says, I had a good record against Tony Druid, like that one individual had a good record against Tony Druid, and suddenly people are playing, okay, I'll play Undead Priest, I'm willing. Anything it takes to beat Tony Druid. And then you find out that it doesn't actually beat Tony Druid. I'm getting uh, uh, I'm getting the sense as well that a lot of these like aggro snowballing decks that people are like trying to beat Tony Druid with. Well, one, they don't beat Tony Druid, but two, they're getting, like, boosted so much by Plague Death Knight being so popular. That is also true. Um, like, I'm pretty sure they're trying to counter Tony Druid, and not, they're not trying to counter Plague Death Knight, but Plague Death Knight, as I said, is a deck that's quite sketchy in other matchups, and some of those matchups are the aggressive matchups where it gets snowballed on. Um... It doesn't have great AoE tools. doesn't have great removal tools. It's a very minion-dead stack. Uh, and even if you run one blood, like the blood cards that you run are not necessarily good against aggressive decks. Like the No Muncher is okay as a stabilizer, but it's different. When you run No Muncher in a deck that doesn't have a lot of removal, then very often the No Muncher just hits a board when your opponent has like multiple minions in play. And it doesn't get a lot of value. So... Uh, that's kind of the situation, and yeah, they like Undead Priest, for example, does really well against Plague Death Knight because it doesn't have reliable life gain, right? Especially new iterations don't run Hollow Hound, so for a good reason, right? But that means that low life gain means you're doing worse against Undead Priest. Um, yeah. So what other decks uh try to counter Tony Dory but don't Hunter? Um. Uh, yeah, Hunter also does not counter Tony Druid. Um when you you realistically think that maybe it should. But the thing is that Arcane Hunter is very dependent on burn damage. And Tony Druid, a refined Tony Druid runs a lot of armor gain. Like if you run Kindness Plating in Harmonic Mood and Frost Lotus Seedling, that turns into Blossom and you solar that. 
you can gain so much armor in that matchup that even if Arcane Hunter has a lot of damage and they have a lot of damage, you still don't reliably kill the Druid fast enough before they Eonar to full health or stuff like that. Uh, but Arcane Hunter, like, doesn't lose to Tony Druid. The matchup is close enough. And it's still a good deck against other, other things. And... Um, the control warrior matchup has improved because of the nerf to sanitize, because of the nerf to Craftsman Hammer. Craftsman Hammer was a really important card against the Hunter, specifically. And now that I'm seeing these nerfs, uh, the matchup uh, between Arcane Hunter and Control Warrior has improved. Uh, so I'm not going to say that Arcane Hunter is favored now, but that matchup has gotten a lot closer. Uh, and again, if if controllers tries to counter Tony Druid harder, then maybe it pays in in other matchups like Hunter. Uh, but generally, if you go 50-50 against Tony Druid and you do well against other stuff, then you're in a good position. The one thing that Arcane Hunter doesn't do well against is Enrage Warrior. So if Enrage Warrior gains traction, I can see things becoming more difficult for Arcane Hunter. But the deck is still very strong, uh, even though it got nerfed. The uh, Starstone Oh, nerf was pretty light and Arcane Hunter's worst matchups also got nerfed. Uh, so that kind of compensated for it and Arcane Hunter looks good. Uh, in terms of build direction, I'm also seeing new stuff, Corp. Uh, so in the report on Thursday, last Thursday, we talked about a report that Yogg is not a good card in Arcane Hunter. And that is absolutely true for the current iteration of Arcane Hunter. Uh, because you don't. You have a lot of spells, but those spells aren't really uh, reliable at activating and discounting Yogg fast enough. To you're not Miracle Rogue. You're not. You're not Tony Druid that can play a flurry of spells every turn in order to discount Yogg very very quickly. In addition to that, Arcane Hunter is a pretty aggressive deck, and Yogg's abilities are not aggressive, right? They're not. They're not. You have a mind control. You have a you have a, a a value option with tendrils, which is not really a good fit for an aggressive deck. And you have a, a mass hysteria, a cracked mass hysteria, which is again a reactive card. So Yogg is not that great in that deck. However, there's a new iteration of Arcane Hunter. It's it's not necessarily better than the current iteration, but it seems to be an, a viable alternative where you play a bunch of bananas and you play barrel of monkeys. And what is the big upside of running barrel and bananas is that it's three spells in one card. And three spells in one card is really good at discounting something like Yogg, at activating a card like Prison Breaker. So there's this new list that runs Yogg and Prison Breaker, tries to copy the druids and the rogues who are doing that. And in order to enable those cards, you run Barrel and Bunch of Bananas. Now, in this variant, Yogg looks better. Yogg looks much better because you're faster to discount it. Uh, and Prison Breaker also looks very good in that variant. Obviously, the problem is that you need to cut some cards and you still lose some stuff. So I don't think it's better, but it might go into the report as a viable alternative. Uh, and a way to play Yogg in Hunter and have that Yogg be good, right? Not have that Yogg be kind of a liability uh, where you, you don't actually want to draw the card. Um, yeah, other Hunter decks, 
Not seeing no reason for them to rise, Hound Hunter and stuff like that. Not really relevant. Rogue. Okay, so Miracle Rogue uh, is uh, gaining some traction, uh, but in general, this art type has massive, massive refinement issues where most of Miracle Rogue looks kind of bad. And, you know, I hate propping myself up, but the list in the report that we posted that doesn't run tendrils, doesn't run breakdance, doesn't run that nonsense. You go Prison Breaker, Yogg, and then good Miracle Rogue cards. If you run that, Miracle Rogue is very, very good. It doesn't beat Tony Druid, but maybe that matchup is close enough. Again, the goal is... You can see in this meta, the goal is not to beat Tony Druid, maybe, but the goal is not to lose to Tony Druid. And then if you have other good matchups, then the deck looks good. And this is the situation with Miracle Rogue. If you just cut tendrils, cut tendrils, cut the breakdance, cut that nonsense, just play good Miracle Rogue with Prison Breaker and Yogg, this deck looks nutty. When I say nutty, I say tier one potential. Like, I would. Like, I would estimate that a Miracle Rogue that runs Prison Breaker Yag, the list that we have in the last report, that is a tier one contender level deck. Like, that's what its performance tells me. That it's it's insane. It's really, really strong. But again, the aggregated win rates are not going to show me that because the vast majority of Miracle Rogue builds on ladder run nonsense. Right? Run just bad cards. That does don't work but i think that if miracle rogue is refined it can go 50 50 against tony druid it can do pretty well in other matchups too i think the one matchup that's hard is hunter uh and maybe control priest but other than that you do well against the rest of the decks so mm. it, it looks like it you do very well so zach what what you're telling me is that the second archetype, which abuses Yogg the best, slash Yogg is the best in, is also potentially a tier one deck in this format. Uh, yep. <laughs> and you're definitely right. You're definitely right in that um, that, Mir that Rogue is the second best class at utilizing Yogg. And because of that, <laughs> it's really good. And again, the aggregated stats are not going to tell you that, but post-refinement Miracle Rogue is very, very powerful. And that is a good case, uh, Corb, that maybe we need to nudge Yogg. Hmm, I um, see. Interesting. I think, I think it's, a, it's a compelling case to do something about Yogg because uh, once this deck is refined, it's also going to be very, very good. So again, Miracle Rogue, huge potential. Don't look at aggregated win rates. I'm looking at there's big disparity in the performance of different Miracle Rogue builds. And the one that we had in the report is really, really, really good. The one that's not the Mimiron one, the prison, the Yog Breaker one. That one is nutty. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting reminded of when Druid first came out with Drum Druid, and Druid looked completely hopeless. But you were pointing out, hey, actually, this one build is super, super good. Um, I'm getting those vibes from this conversation. Yes, yes, this is what's happening right now. You're gonna see the report. Miracle Rogue is gonna look trash in the aggregated stats. And then I'm going to write in the report, but Miracle Rogue, when refined, is tier one. And then the comments are going to, and then the comments are going to call you an idiot and say you're making things yeah. up. Yeah. 
and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use my uh, Reddit account <laughs> to post remind me in one week <laughs> the conversation and yeah that's yeah. what's gonna happen. Fantastic. Um, okay, Macrogue. There's some Macrogue stuff going on as well, um, and Macrogue got nerfed, and it definitely feels the nerf. Uh, I'm seeing. Say the line, Zach. Zach, say it. What What is the thing? I actually don't know the matchup spread. Oh, how does it do against Tony Druid? How does it do against Tony Druid, Zach? The uh, snowballing, oh, oh, most snowballing right. aggro deck in the format. Okay, so I, I'll I'll get to it. But in general, the 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 Snoop nerf, the Capitan Snoop nerf, definitely affected the Mechrogue in a negative way, and the matchup spread of Mechrogue is not is nowhere near as dominant as it used to be, and the deck is looks significantly weaker. Um, that is not to say that it's a bad deck now, but it feels to me like Mechrogue has been bounced, like has been properly balanced with a deck that's very viable, it's competitive, but it doesn't seem to be overbearing, it doesn't seem to be overpowered, it's not too powerful or popular. So in terms of that, the balance changes hit. When it comes to the Tony Druid matchup, um, Again, like this is a snowball. This is like one of the most snowbally decks in the format. Um, so it should, it should, in theory, be Tony Druid. But Mechrogue needs to do something special <laughs> to be Tony Druid. <laughs> um, I am not convinced that if you refine Tony Druid to be optimal and not run trash like Lifebinder's Gift, that Mechrogue actually beats Tony Druid. Uh, for Tony Druid to for Macrog to beat Tony Druid, you you need to make an effort. What is the effort? Probably run Speaker Stompers and Posic and Okani. So the build that we had in the report, last report that was meant to counter Miracle Druid, mostly, that also works best against Tony Druid. If you do that, then it's very possible that Macrog has an edge a significant edge on Tony Druid. But again, I need to see how does Refined Macrogue does against Refined Tony Druid. I would guess Macrogue might be slightly favored. Oh, hell which is yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, maybe slightly favored. Again, if you play aggro decks that snowball and also tech, Stompers, Pazic, Okani, the, remember those four cards. Speed... It's it's three cards, but two of uh, two copies of one. Speaker Stompers, Pazic, Okani. Speaker Stompers, Pazic, Okani. You want to do against better against Druid? Speaker Stompers, Pazic, Okani. Re Note that they're all four mana, and all of them except for Pazic, like the Stompers and the Okani, prevent the Nourish. You want to stop the Nourish, right? This is what Stompers and Okani do. Um. Yeah, I, I'm saying this because maybe, maybe Undead Priest <laughs> wants to run Stomper, Okani, Pazic. Maybe this is what we need to do. Like in any every deck, run those four cards. Maybe you do better against Druid. Um. So so yeah, that's the situation. Macro again, decent deck. Got balanced. It, it's more reasonable now. It actually has a. Matchup spread that with strength and weaknesses, 
And again, if it can beat Tony Druid consistently or refine Tony Druid with specific tech, then it has a place in the format. Uh, another deck, another rogue deck that's interesting is Secret Rogue. Uh, and Secret Rogue uh, also looks quite good. Doesn't beat Tony Druid, but has disruption, enough disruption to potentially make that matchup annoying for the Druid because Druid is kind of a deck that has single card win condition. And if you can disrupt them with Ghastly Gravedigger, for example, they forge Embrace of Nature, right? In the early game, you set up a secret and you Gravedigger their Nourish. That is pretty powerful, right? That disruption where Druid is very reliant on playing a specific card in a certain turn uh, can be clutch. And again, you run Okani, more disruption. Uh, you can do better against Druid. Again, you don't beat Druid, but maybe you go 50-50. Uh, and you do fine against Warrior. So Secret uh, Rogue has a place in the format. I think it's a deck that's very underplayed uh, relative to its potential. Maybe people are not too interested in it, but I'm saying it definitely looks viable if you focus on Disruption. And again, Prison Breaker, uh, the, the, when... I see the list where I suggested let's run Prison Breakers in Secret Rogue. Prison Breakers looks very, very good. Very, very powerful in Secret Rogue 2, not just Miracle. Uh, so that's Rogue. Definitely viable. It is going to be stronger than it currently looks in aggregated stats because of Miracle Rogue should. For me, it looks like Miracle Rogue is the best Rogue deck post-refinement, even though statistically it's the worst deck. So uh, pay attention to that. Uh, it's going to be an interesting development. Okay, Paladino. Um, Paladin has an aggressive <laughs> snowball-y <laughs> aggro deck yep. that floods the board, floods the board very hard, um, and it has potential to do pretty well against Tony Druid. Unfortunately, Pure Paladin cannot run Speaker Stomper, Paza, Kokani because these are neutral cards. Um, the good news is that even without these cards, Paladin is actually uh, quite um, good against Tony Druid because the snowballing of Paladin, the, the thing is there are levels of snowballing. Macro snowballs a single minion, makes it huge, right? Um... If you do that too late, that sets you up for Yogg, to get Yogged out of the game. The Paladin, though, floods the board really hard, goes wide, and can kill very, very fast. It's lightning fast because of Crusader Aura. So, Pure Paladin is the one floody, aggressive deck that naturally might be able to beat a refined Tony Druid consistently, without special tech. So Corb, I'm actually breaking the template. Oh my God. <laughs> and saying that, yeah, I am breaking the template and saying Pure Paladin is actually the one. The problem is it's Pure Paladin and uh, you know top legend players are not too excited to play Pure Paladin. Uh, the other thing is that Pure Paladin also has a very low skill ceiling. So it's performance at high MMR drops off. And that's probably not going to change with this patch. But if you are climbing ladder right now and you're not at the highest MMR bracket, maybe, and you run into a lot of Tony Druids and you want to beat them, play Pure Paladin. I think Pure Paladin is probably the best counter 
to Tony Druid as I see right now. Um, and it's also very good. It's also good against Plague Death Knight. Um, it's generally quite good. Uh, I think there are not a lot of decks that actually beat Pure Paladin. Miracle Rogue might be the one that gives you bigger, uh, the most problems. Okay. Other Paladin decks. Um, I'll stick with what I've said in the report, in last report, about Earthen Paladin being quite close. I think that deck is quite close. However, we need to nerf Tony Druid for this deck to be... for this deck to have a chance, because... Earthen Paladin is not a good deck against Tony Druid. It's actually a very bad deck against Tony Druid because you don't pressure fast enough and you don't have like Crusader or a kind of snowballing and you die. They ramp and you die. And I imagine it's it's not just because of that matchup directly, but it's also because of what the Tony Druid beats, right? And what the Tony Druid suppresses versus what Earthen Paladin is actually really quite decent against. Control Warrior, Curse Warlock, th- those kind of decks that are really held back right now. Yeah. Uh, Earthen Paladin is good against removal, and Tony Druid kind of annihilates decks that have targeted removal. Uh, so it- it's not it's not a great meta for Earthen Paladin. But I'll stick with what I've said. I think it's close. I think if you nerf Tony Druid right now, then it has a chance. Like I really like the Warrior matchup for Earthen Paladin. Um but right now, it's just the, the meta is trending in a direction that's not ideal for the archetype. Okay. Uh, Warlock. Warlock got nerfed. Movement of Pride. I personally really don't like that change. I wish they... Re- like, it's just like random minion. Like, you could get an armor vendor off of it. It just feels so bad. I don't like that change. But I will say it's not like a huge statistical change in terms of affecting the performance of warlock that's not the problem really i was actually uh that's actually not what i was kind of expecting so that's interesting to hear yeah i i don't think that nerf hurts warlock as much as you would think um the 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 problem is tony druid (laughs) 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 um the yeah the the problem is tony druid like again warlock you can you can like run rats and doomkin and all the disruption and stuff and you do all of that and I don't think you beat Tony Druid. It's just it's just that deck is so difficult to deal with for Warlock. Now you do have Sargeras and Gigafin, and those cards deal with immune boards. They do. Um the problem is that you can't deal with Tony Jailer. Like the thing is, you don't pressure. Like Warlock is like Control Warlock, for example, is very poor, very bad at pressuring. So, the the Druid has all the time in the world to set up an Ubracon Tony Jailer, right? You need an Ubracon to set up Tony Jailer, but you have the time to do it because the Warlock doesn't pressure. Like you need Forge of Wills into imposing an Ubisoft, and like you need the perfect curve to really pressure, and like a. Uh, um, you play a Symphony of Sins and you summon the 6-6 six, six and it, maybe that's enough, right? Maybe that's enough pressure to really put the Druid in an awkward spot. But usually, they have a lot of time and when they have a lot of time, you're in trouble. Um, but again, in other matchups, like, I'm not sensing that Control Warlock. I mean, it got worse, for sure. But the deck is definitely 
perfectly competitive and fine. Uh, even now. Um, and it's not like it tanked because of movement of prior change. So that is something that I will say and note. Uh, yes, it got slightly worse, but not to the point where it's uh, terrible, not to the point where it's not viable. But Tony Druid give, like, gives defensive Warlock decks a problem. Uh, Chad Warlock, I will say, is a very hard counter to Warrior still. And it's also a very hard counter to Plague Deathlane. Very, very hard carded. So even though, you know, the Druid matchup is not favored for Chad Warlock, uh, it's, it's quite good specifically against some other decks that are quite popular in the format, which puts it in a decent position in the meta. A pretty good position, I will say. And Chad Druid is performing at quite a high level. And it's definitely the best Warlock deck right now. Uh, Curse Warlock is, is quite slow, as usual. And doesn't really doesn't really make sense right now. So so Warlock is again, it got hit, you can feel the hit. The main problem is Tony Druids. Uh, if you take them out of the picture, Warlock is is fine. And Chad is the best one. Like if you want to play Warlock and do as best as possible, you run Chad because you you basically um you have better ways to pressure the druid. Uh, you still you don't beat the druid, but you have better ways to pressure them without disruption. Just pressure, and you can really farm some death knights. Like it really farms death knights. Uh, Chad, I, I think, I think that matchup, yeah, that matchup is significantly favored with the Chad warlock. Okay. Uh, next class, mage. So Naga Mage is gone. It's absolutely gone. There's just like if you remember, uh, Spiteless Siren got nerfed from five, 4 mana to 5, and Naga Mage became unplayable towards the end of Sunken City. Then they buffed it back, it became 4 mana, Naga Mage became good at high MMRs again, and now they nerfed it again to 5 mana, and Naga Mage is unplayable. The thing about Naga Mage is it's very reliant on having that miracle turn as soon as possible, as soon as turn 5, you delay that, you kill the deck. Naga Mage right now win rate in the 40s. Low 40s. Low, low 40s. 41, 42, something like that. It's not playable anymore. Um, Rainbow Mage is playable, uh, but it, it, it probably needs to do some adjustments in its build. Again, something that's close to good, to optimal, is, or could even be optimal, is the list that we posted in the last report, where you run Yogg, and you cut Norganon, because Norganon is terrible against Yogg, against the Yogg, and you run uh, Void Scripture. Void Scripture is a very good card in Rainbow Mage. However, there is one change where maybe La Lady Nasjar goes back in, and there is some, it makes some sense because it's a card that looks really good against Tony Druid. Uh, the reason is that Nazar allows you to set up very quick burst uh, combos before the Druid can Jailer. The thing about Mage is that he has, a, has absolutely no ability whatsoever to deal with Tony Jailer. You cannot, like once they do that, you lose. Uh, Solid Alba is not a card that you want to run, and it doesn't help you stall if you've ping fatigue and you have no damage to kill the, 
the opponent. You need to be able to pressure. Ideally, elemental inspiration helps you pressure. And if you cannot pressure, you need to set up a SIF OTK as soon as you can. And Nasjar helps with that. So Nasjar is a bad card against Miracle Druid, but it's a good card against Tony Druid, which is why I am probably going to change my mind on Nasjar being cut. Mm. Have we... Um, have we been looking at objection more often because this thinking about ways to really try and interact with that matchup against Tony Druid. I've seen a little bit popping up in lists, but was wondering just how prevalent and if you had the, an idea of how good it was. Yeah, I am seeing objection. Uh, some people are running like a package of like one custom singer and double objection with the idea of annoying the Druid. And I definitely see um, merit to this direction. The problem is that it's very hard to fit everything that you want to fit. So, like, if you if you run these three cards, you mean, like, if you run Objection, then you need to give up, like, Elemental Inspiration. Um, and I'm not sure about that. You have to give up Yogg, probably. Uh, it, it's very hard to find space for everything, but I'll look into it. For me, it seems like a list... That's closer to the one that we had in the report last week that just uh, runs as Nasjar for the Druid matchup is the is the way to go to have a the best uh, all-around matchup spread. Because when you look at Objection, Objection is a good card against Druid. I'm not disputing that. But it's a really bad card against other decks in the format. Like, like against, for example, Plague Death Knight. It does almost nothing. They have so many cheap minions. It's a very minion-dense deck. Objection usually puts you behind in mana against them. Uh, so I'm not convinced about the objection list. I know what you're talking about. Um, so we'll see. I do see like the potential of objection being good against Druid. I definitely see that in the data. I'm just not sure it's worth it for the other rest of the matchup spread. So I'll look into it. Uh, in, in terms of general performance... Uh, Rainbow Mage is obviously not an ideal position in the format. I just said that Tony Druid, like you have no way to deal with Tony Jailer. That matchup is bad. Rainbow Mage against Tony Druid is bad. Add the fact that Rainbow Mage is bad against Control Warrior too. Right? And it's not good against Hunter. Uh, then, you know, Rainbow Mage is not in the best position. However, there are some things that help Rainbow Mage still look decent, despite the fact looks viable. And maybe even better after the balance changes compared to before. Despite the fact that it loses these matchups. Like, you lose to Warrior and Druid. How is this deck good? Well, there are some ex like there's some helpful stuff. For example, it's really good against Control Priest. And Control Priest is gaining a lot of traction. And it's a big counter to Priest. Um, uh, it's also uh, pretty good against Plague Death Knights. It's pretty good against things like... Uh, you know, board-centric decks like Paladin uh, because of Inquisitive Creation. So it, it's good against Warlock. It's good against other stuff. Um, it's not bad against Miracle Rogue either. Rainbow Mage has other good matchups that help with that, with, with those make up for the bad matchup. So it's around a 50% win rate deck as it stands. It's it's close to, it's uh, hovering around 50%, around the Tier 2 range, uh, which is better than it was before the patch, quite surprisingly. Um, next class, we have two classes that are, I think there's a big dive in the play rate to the next classes. They don't see much play. 
Uh, one is uh, Shaman. And Shaman, I mean, okay, Totem Shaman is... <laughs> I am already laughing. Yeah. Is a snowbally, uh-huh. is a snowbally aggro deck. Yep. That on paper pressures <laughs> Tony Druid mm-hmm. through the board. But I'm not convinced that it actually beats Tony Druid in refined form. Okay. Evil Dave is going to have the easiest time <laughs> putting this all to paper. <laughs> like, just copy-paste the same message over and over. Yeah. Um, again, I, I cannot say whether this deck actually beats Tony <laughs> Druid after it's refined. Like, I, I doubt it. Maybe it goes 50-50. Maybe it goes slightly better than that. I don't think it's a counter. Um, it's okay like the matchup is not bad so if it do, does fine against other stuff okay but totem shaman tends to fall off at high levels of play kind of like pure paladin so it, it doesn't really see play at high mmrs uh, nature shaman you know there's been discussion that maybe nature shaman is a tony druid counter um and that matchup is not bad i don't think it's a counter to tony druid uh, but uh, the idea on paper is that you just you turbo to your OTK before they can kill you with Jailer Tony. So I'm seeing that the matchup is not bad. Uh, but Nature Shaman may have other issues that prevents it from being that strong. But it's a very fringe deck right now. At high MMRs, it sees a, a bit of play. You can. You can notice it, but it's not a big portion of the format. And that's kind of it. When it comes to um, Demon Hunter, Demon Hunter is the deck that looks, is the class that to me looks like the only one that may not even have a competitive deck in the format. Though, like, Relic um, really fell off. Like yeah. the, since the mini set came out, a lot of decks got better, their late games got better. Uh, Relic Demon Hunter doesn't really didn't get better, so it, it late game kind of fell off. It also is impo- it's impossible for it to deal with Jailer. Like Jailer is such a powerful card against Demon Hunter, so the Tony Druid matchup looks horrendous. Like Relic Demon Hunter gets destroyed by Tony Druid, and that is not a good sign for it. And unlike Control Warrior, its other matchups aren't that great too either. So. It doesn't make up for it in other aspects, so Relic Demon Hunter looks bad. Outcast, you know, it's snowball-y. It can put minions in play. It can swarm the Druid and go 50-50 in the matchup. <laughs> uh, that That's, uh, that's kind of it. Uh, so maybe Outcast is like the only one that's viable, but it sees such little play, Corb. The the play rate of Outcast DH is something like let me check it's I think it's under zero point five, uh, yeah it's it's under zero point five percent play rate it's not it it doesn't exist essentially, um so it feels like Demon Hunter doesn't exist, um so that's it uh I do apologize if I sounded a bit uh, shaky in this uh format it's that's because. Uh, the Tony Druid data kind of tilted me because I was looking for counters and every time I was looking for something, turned out, no, not so much. If Tony Druid doesn't run Lifebinder's Gift and gets consistently nourished off, then uh, those matchups are are not actually bad. 
so so that's the situation. Tony Druid is the deck to beat. I see potential for many decks to improve their performance against Tony Druid through refinement and maybe make up for the fact that Tony Druid has not hit final form. Tony Druid is only going to get better over the next week. So we need to try to race it in terms of the arms race. Try to win the arms race there. I gave you some hints. If you're playing a proactive deck that wants to snowball, Stomper, Okani, Pazic. If you want a slower deck to be able to contest Tony Druid, you need Disruption. You need non-targeted removal to be able to deal with immune boards. Those are the key things that you need in order to be able to do better in that matchup. Good luck, everyone. We'll see if we end up winning the war. <laughs> um, but that's that's pretty much the message. And Tony Drew is absolutely getting nerfed in the first opportunity that Team 5 have because this deck is really, really oppressive, really warping, and looks very dangerous, especially at high MMRs. But it also looks good throughout the rest of ladder, so you can definitely have a lot of success playing Tony Druid wherever you are in ladder. But I will say that this deck is not easy to play. Uh, it is quite tricky and can be stressful because of Jailer and timing of Jailer. My tip to you, if you just starting out playing Tony Druid, if the deck, if your opponent has no answer to immune immunity, you slap the Jailer as soon as you can once you have Tony in hand. If you have Tony and Jailer in hand, do not hesitate. Slam the Jailer. Slam it. Uh, I see, I look into data, and I see that players at lower MMR are hesitant to slam the Jailer. They are scared. Burning your deck, destroying your deck, is a stressful action. But if you have Jailer in hand, do it. You don't need to wait to have Eonar as well. You don't need to wait to have Anubricon. Anubricon is your tool to play J uh, Tony first, uh, and Jailer on the same turn in the matchups where they have an answer to immune boards. Other than that, slap the Jailer down. Do not hesitate. Um, uh, as long as you have the, the proper follow-up. Uh, the other thing I tip to you when it comes to playing Tony Druid, throw every card in the mulligan other than Embrace of Nature and Frost Lotus Seedling. You do not care about any other card in your opening hand. There are only two cards worth keeping. Embrace of Nature, Frost Lotus Seedling. Why? Embrace of Nature, if you don't run Lifebinder's Gift, is guaranteed to find you a Nourish. Nourish is what accelerates your game plan. Nourish, that Nourish, that ramps you up and draws you three cards, that one enables you in the early game. Uh... Frost Lotus Seedling is extremely powerful in the opening hand because it, it's ready to go. It blossoms by turn four. Very often, turn five, you Solar Eclipse Seedling. Draw four cards, gain 20 armor. That stalls a long time against those aggressive board swarming deck that keep dealing chip damage to you. That bridges you into Prison Breaker, uh, you know, uh, rake turns, you gain a lot of cards. Of, very often you get like rake combos, you get a pounce and a rake, and you're able to deal with multiple uh, minions in play at the same time because the, the seedling gave you the resources to do that. So just mulligan for those two cards. It's a very simple mulligan phase. It's pretty much true for every matchup. Like 
there are very few matchups where there is variance in your mulligan decision. Uh, like maybe against Macrogue, you think about keeping some removal, but like basically, if you just mulligan for those two cards, it's hard to get it wrong, right? If you just understand that focus. Uh, so that's my tip to you. I may have been helping Tony Druid players more than I've been helping play against Tony Druid right now. So maybe I regret this. Helping you guys play better uh, as Tony Druid. But you know what? Just go nuts. Have Tony Druid have an insane win rate. So they have to nerf it. Um, so that might not be that either. All right, soldiers. You have your instructions. May your war be <laughs> glorious and terrible. And uh, we look forward to the real launch of the mini set um, at the next available bounce patch, um, whenever that is. So, yeah. I don't Maybe know. the next mini set is just the next expansion, Corb. Yeah, it, it's entirely possible. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, patch timings are have been really been a problem, this expansion. It's not like the patch timings are not different from the previous expansions. Uh, it's just that I think they've we've been unlucky. Uh, with this expansion. A little bit, yeah. Oh, a little bit unlucky. Yeah, okay. So good luck to everyone. Look forward to the report on Thursday. I will do whatever I can tomorrow uh, to weaponize decks as much as possible against the Tony Druid Menace. Uh, and yeah, we'll try to figure it out. All right, can't wait, wait for that arms race. Um, Thank you to everyone for tuning in today. Uh, if you want to check out what Zach cooks up, you can always do so by looking at the Zach O Lab, which you get access to whenever you support VS by signing up for the Patreon or for VS Gold. You can always follow Vicious on hate on Twitter as well at ViciousHS, or just come join the rest of the community and discuss everything on Discord as well. So. We want to thank Evil Dave for the podcast transcriptions. Hopefully, Evil Dave has a very easy time with this one. Um, and thank you to Stephen Sensei for the intro and outro, uh, as always. So thank you, guys. Hope you have a great day. And we'll see you next time. Bye. The Data Reaper Podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.